Welcome to this edition of the Healing for Your Thoughts podcast. This segment of the show will focus on providing some tips, tools, and resources to help you mindfully kickstart the week ahead. Today, I'm going to be talking about living on purpose. So let's get into it. Sundays are the day that mark the beginning of a new week, and they're an opportunity to reset after all the crazy and hopefully cool things that have happened. It's a time to set new intentions for how we will show up for in the world, whatever happens. But in order to establish the kind of intentions that are impactful, we have to be mindful of the motivations behind them. Otherwise, we risk a disconnect between what we say we want to do and the things will actually get done. And if that disconnect happens, we can kind of spin out emotionally and that creates anxiety and frustration and maybe even some disappointment that gets in the way of progress. So let me say that again. When we set intentions, we have to be clear about the motivations behind them. If we lack clarity, or put another way, if we don't know our why, then purpose and thus intention are detrimentally impacted. We could find ourselves being quote unquote busy just for the sake of being busy without achieving anything meaningful And if that's the case, we're really only just wasting our time. Oh, by the way, for those who may be unfamiliar with what I mean when I say let's set an intention, think of it something like an aim toward something bigger or or more significant than what you have or where you are right now. They can be um, like a helpful sidekick to a larger goal. Actionable intentions get you on the path to greater goal achievement, positive lifestyle changes, and things like an improved mindset over time, and thus they support your progress. So setting intentions also creates some accountability within ourselves that empowers us to become more proactive about our choices while living our lives on purpose and with purpose. For example, If you're the kind of person that plans your week out, you probably spend at least part of a Sunday reviewing your calendar for the week ahead, meal prepping, doing laundry, etc. You might even have like a self-care regimen in the mix. And if so, that's cool. If not, maybe an intention for you would be to find something new that you love that feeds your spirit or that relaxes your mind and body. And then if you are that planner, going a little deeper, as you look over your calendar, do you notice that there are lots of projects due or high impact meetings and events that you have to attend? If so, then one of the intentions you must set is to consciously de-stress for at least 10 to 15 minutes each day, multiple times a day, ideally at a point in the day where you tend to feel the most stressed especially if stress has become the rule and not the exception for you. And to be clear, your motivation for this would be the pursuit of peace of mind. Now for y'all who are on the other end of the spectrum and aren't necessarily planners and instead like to take things one moment at a time or one day at a time, it's still a good idea for you guys to set some intentions as well so that your otherwise easy day doesn't leave you frustrated or anxious if and when life happens and things get derailed. Either way, it's important to know that setting intentions are you making a commitment to yourself first and foremost. 
So keep that in mind as you create your intentions list. Speaking of that list, here are a few things I'd like to share to help you get started. Number one, don't make the list or the process too long. If you do, it'll start to feel like work and not something that was meant or is meant to empower your days. Your list itself should be positive in tone. It's helpful to use phrases like, I will, instead of I won't. So for example, you might say something like, today I will be present in my life by avoiding watching television while eating dinner with family, versus today I won't overeat during lunch like I did last time. Do you see the difference? While the second example makes a statement about what we're committed to not doing, it also has the potential to create negative feelings of guilt about the thing we're saying we won't do, but that might've possibly happened in the past. So then when that happens, our focus gets shifted from our current day commitment to a critique and condemnation of ourselves for past behavior. We have to be mindful of how we speak to ourselves and what we say. It's also a good idea to make sure that the intentions themselves are things that are specific and doable without creating that added stress or anxiety. To elevate this process, if your intentions list is gonna be especially impactful, you should also write down the outcome you'd like to receive or experience on the other side of the intention. So basically what I'm saying is, don't just make the list of intentions without also attaching the expectation you have for that intention to the list. That way, if and when life happens, you can keep your eye focused on the prize and not the short-term distractions that are a part of life. And whatever else you do, please, 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 Give yourself some grace by making the process simple. You don't need to overcomplicate it. You can either set intentions for the week, or if you find it works better for you, you can go about setting them on a daily basis. But suppose you have an intention that will impact your life in a larger way on a grander scale. That's no problem either. You can set that specific intention to be achieved over an extended period of time further setting yourself up for success. The thing to remember though, is that whatever option works best for you is what is best. There are no right or wrong answers. So don't get caught up in trying to decide what works, what doesn't work, what's right or what's wrong in terms of what you may find that works for somebody else. What is for you is for you. The most important thing is to just get started right where you are right now, today. Yes, today. Because by doing so, if you get yourself in the place of being purposeful about writing down the intentions and what your expectations are, you are beginning to take control for how you want your day, your week, and even your life to be. On the flip side, though, when you don't set intentions, you run the risk of letting the progression of the day determine your mood and you also risk becoming a victim of circumstance and bad habits. The other thing I need to say about that is that if in the process of setting your intentions, you run into your own limiting beliefs, you have to also commit to doing the work to sort those out, to determine where they came from and to dispel those thoughts from your mind and your heart as much 
as it takes as soon as possible for as long as it takes. Um, and if I had to take a minute to reflect on limiting beliefs and what I think about them, I would say that limiting beliefs are the things that allow us to get in our own way. They are strong convictions about the perceived truth of a thing, even if there's no actual proof that the thing is true. Put another way, our limiting beliefs plant seeds of doubt in our minds for what we think is possible. And left unchecked, they will absolutely get in the way of us achieving what we say we want to achieve. So I think it's best to also do the work to shift our mindset, whatever that work may be. We can accomplish this by being completely transparent with ourselves and if necessary, a trusted, credible other. Um, I think it's important also to state here that the presence and the involvement of a trusted, credible other may be necessary if our mindsets haven't grown to a place where we can see beyond our current circumstances. Having those kinds of limiting belief conversations with that credible other will allow us to see ourselves through the lens of their credibility. They will shed some light, give feedback and provide perspective that our limiting beliefs just don't allow us to have right now. But having them as a part of the process begins to make that possible. Also, in this journey, as you work through the limiting beliefs and setting intentions to keep everything organized, you might also find it helpful to have a journal that you can work in and refer back to on a regular basis. And if that intention that you're setting is an especially big one, start with just that one. Don't do so much that you get yourself overwhelmed. Start with the one intention, write it down, and if you're struggling with limiting beliefs associated with that intention, then I want you to also write down why you think achieving that thing isn't possible for you. After you write that out, then I want you to also write down the specific proof that you have for why the thing isn't able to be completed by you. Um, a few things to note. So past quote unquote failure at having achieved the thing doesn't mean that it can't be done. What it actually may mean is that you just need a different plan of action, more time and possibly more preparation. The other thing to keep in mind is that if you can't provide specific proof for why the thing can't be done, then it's definitely time to explore where the limiting belief came from to begin with. Did it come from a place of fear, a naysayer in your circle, or just lack of preparation? Whatever the reason you think you can't do it, please believe me when I tell you that you can. I believe in you and I want you to absolutely believe in yourself. So here's a simple but impactful way to get started on shifting your mindset away from that limiting belief. Go back to the intention you originally wrote down, but this time, instead of writing down all the reasons why you can't achieve it, we're gonna discover the reasons that you can by creating some specific building blocks for your action plan using my AONS method, which goes like this. Let's say for example that your intention is something really significant like going back to college to get your degree and the goal is to do so in the next four years. However, the circumstances of life caused you to miss the opportunity the first go round, so you're feeling a little bit anxious about it. Plus, 
You're older now with a little less patience and a lot more responsibility. In addition to that anxiety, there's also that other part of you that knows you'll never feel fulfilled unless you get that piece of paper. But just thinking about it gets your mind flooded with all the reasons why going back to school is a very bad idea to the point that you start to feel overwhelmed before you even get started in the actual process. Instead of going down a rabbit hole and talking yourself out of it, try this. Using my AONS method, write down all the assets working in your favor. So these could be things like specific people, thoughts, behaviors, and resources that you have access to that will not only help you get into college, but to successfully finish. The list could include things like your maturity, your financial stability, as well as a strong at-home support system to help you with your kids while you're in class. Make this list as detailed as possible because it's gonna matter later. Next, I want you to consider the obstacles that could potentially work against the intention that you've set. These could also be people, thoughts, behaviors, and resources. But remember, these are the things that you know for sure may really well work against your intention. They could be things like your limiting beliefs and fear, the college costs, your full-time schedule, and maybe even flexibility or lack thereof at your current job. This list should also be as detailed as possible. And then once you've made the list of assets and the list of obstacles, you should have a relatively clear picture of what is required not to finish but to take the next step in getting started on this journey. Actually finishing school is gonna take more, a lot more. But in the meantime, your list of assets and obstacles is gonna equip you with what you need for your very specific plan of action to get it done. And so having that information, you create a logical list of next steps that get you on the journey of fulfillment of that intention. And remember, for every intention, goal, or task that you have, aside from going back to school or whatever it may be, you can use this process to strategize your plan of action to get the things done. And to help boost the activation of your intentions, you can also use something called if-then statements. They're a, another highly effective strategy for turning goals into action. An example of using the if-then method and based upon the originally stated intention of going back to college would go like this. If I wanna be admitted into school in time for the summer semester, then I need to research the admissions process and application deadlines. Other than that, it's, it's really not a lot to it. It's just that simple. Your if-then statements don't need to be complicated. They just need to be clear and concise enough so that you can not only understand them, but take action on them. And so as I said before, you can repeat either of these processes as many times as you need to if it helps you to live more of your life on purpose. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you found the information helpful. Have a beautiful week ahead and don't forget to come back on Tuesday for the next episode of the show. I'll be discussing how past hurts, hangups, and habits create the continuous existence of counterfeit wellness and how that in turn can cause us to settle for the life we have, not the one we deserve. Until next time, all my best, Charlie.